Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. Something has been bothering me for a while now, and I touched on it a couple of years ago in an episode, but I think the time has come for me to ask you what you think. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So a couple of years ago, I published an episode of Bullet Points called Choose Your Gurus Wisely. And in it, I discussed that I had noticed a trend for people appointing themselves as an authority on a subject when in actual fact, all they had was an anecdotal experience and nothing more robust or authoritative or a qualification upon which to base their expertise. And I think back in the day, someone like Tony Robbins was a real anomaly, this guy who could see into your soul and tell you how to make better decisions to live a best your best life but he was really really aware and now people offering that kind of advice and putting themselves on that kind of pedestal pedestal are ten a penny and I can also tell you that each and every single one of these gurus in inverted commas was also asking you to spend money with them via a subscription a newsletter an ebook and the like and as with anything, it's easy to buy into what people like this are selling because they make it look so easy to sign up to X and achieve Y. And I began to notice a couple of years ago that this was really picking up pace and I really see it constantly, um, all the time, especially on social media. And I think I was beginning to push back against this because I was seeing it more and more. And I had looked beneath the surface a few times and realized that there really wasn't much there in some cases, except great marketing, the gift of the gab and some fairy dust. Some people just have the ability to make you watch them, look at them, listen to them and believe them. Now, obviously there are exceptions to the rule. Of course there are, but I would say that my radar for charlatans uh, really went up, not least because, and mere culpa, I have to take responsibility for this, there were a couple of times when uh, even with what I think is a good sort of filter system for choosing guests for the podcast, I definitely platform people who I had become bedazzled by and realized once I got them on the show and was chatting to them that it was almost like they were reading off a script and that often they were, I was buying what they were implying rather than what they were saying, what they were actually sharing. It was an implication of what they could give you rather than actually giving you something. So I suppose my first question from this episode is, is this something that you've noticed too? Have you noticed your timelines filling up with these self-appointed authorities? 
with pretty quotes and these really shareable sound bites that make you feel a little bit better for liking them or sending them to a friend. I've definitely noticed it. Friends have begun to speak to me about it. And so I think that we're in a, a space where it, it's actually sort of, it's reached critical mass, as we would say on the magazine I used to work on. If it's reached critical mass, we must do a feature on it. And honestly, I think the reason I'm asking is because over the past few months, I've had a few people in the industry say to me that I need to niche down and get known for one thing. For example, weight loss. So if you're a long-time listener, you'll know I've been creating this podcast for over seven years. You don't know what you're going to get with each episode. You really don't. Obviously, the format has changed this year. So you know that you're going to get certain questions every episode. But really, the guests could be from the military, the secret service, from the health industry, from the beauty industry. Could be a real housewife. You know, That's what I love about creating this show. So the idea of niching down, for me, feels incredibly limiting. So when someone says to me, I think you need to niche down and like just do the podcast about weight loss, I begin to bristle. But I will often politely inquire why. And the reply always comes back that I need to put together a pithy guide because, and this is sort of an inverted commas, but in quotes, but people just want you to tell them what to do. And then I get angry, perhaps irrationally so. Can you tell I'm on a rant? Perhaps irrationally so, because I credit you, my most excellent listeners, I credit people who follow me and anyone who engages with me, to be honest, on whether it's on social media or here on the podcast, with more intelligence than that. I credit people who are choosing to spend their time with me with some critical thinking. And it's why I try to present as many helpful aspects on a subject without presenting too much conflicting information so that once digested, the listener or follower um, can come to their own conclusion. I think that's a really nice way of doing it. The idea of just sort of saying, this is the way. Oh gosh, now I've mentioned Pedro Pascal. I didn't mean to. But you know what I mean? The idea of, sorry, that was the Mandalorian, obviously not Pedro Pascal as a character, but you know what I'm saying. But the idea of just sort of saying, do it this way or else, I don't like. I think we've got to, at some point, you can present the information, but then you let it go and you let somebody do with it what they will. So again, I feel like I'm on a real rant in this episode, but I was really dispirited recently because I'd been feeling this a little bit more. And so I thought I would go down a bit of an Instagram rabbit hole and really search for the people who are doing well. And it's just seeing how much engagement, how many follows, how many likes, how many shares, the accounts that do package things up nicely get, especially when it's about something like mental health, which I think we need to take a bit more seriously. And just because, well, I personally like to follow doctors, people who have some qualifications. There's something to be said for anecdotal experience, but building a huge brand on the back of that can sometimes feel a little bit, oof, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it all looks good, but often when you really, really scratch beneath the surface, there isn't always the kind of substance you'd hoped for. And I'm saying that because I've been victim. Victim is probably too strong a word, but I've fallen for it too. And I've really bought into somebody and really thought, yeah, I, I really, really rate this person. And then something will happen. I think, actually, I just bought into the razzle dazzle. On closer inspection, on closer inspection, I often just think, as well, that they're saying the same thing over and over again, because once somebody agrees with them once, perhaps you think, well, that did well, so let's do it again, but just sort of make it look slightly different this time. Anyway, are people looking for a guru? Are you looking for a guru? Do, do you want, do people, do you think people want to be spoon-fed recovery from depression, anxiety, and eating disorder and more via shareable memes? I just don't think people do. 
And just today, someone said to me um, in the industry, so not someone on Instagram or anything, but someone in the industry said to me that they'd like to understand what my recovery was from binge eating disorder. And it would be really helpful if you could just outline the steps for us. And I had to respond and say, I really wish I could share a spreadsheet or a Word document that outlines the steps so someone could just follow along and find their own recovery. I really wish it was that easy. But the truth is that it's really boring and tedious. It's committing to recovering. It's realizing that most of what you did before wasn't helpful, so you have to unlearn it and decide never to do it again. It's about making decisions every day, several times a day, that support the end goal of not binge eating. It's constant work. It's not always easy. Sometimes you have a wobble and have to reset, and sometimes you feel hard done by that it seems to require more effort from you than anyone else that you come across. But then other times you find your groove and it feels achievable. It's not sexy, I'm afraid, but that really is it. And then I realized that's probably why I don't have a huge following on Instagram, (laughs) because that is not shareable. But I feel like that's the truth. And so I just feel I'm asking you about this because I feel very, very strongly that I will share what I believe to be helpful, not what I believe to be shareable. Uh, Perhaps I'm missing a trick by not just putting that into a bullet pointed list. But the one thing I do believe is that everybody's journey is completely different and that should be respected, which means that presenting some sort of cookie cutter recovery really isn't that helpful, really isn't doing your followers, your listeners, the people who have chosen to spend their time with you. It's just doing them a disservice and I would never want to do that. I suppose I just don't really love the do as I say, share what I say, buy my book, subscribe to my newsletter. I don't like it. I find it reductive. And I honestly, I just wanted to find out if you feel the same. How do you feel about these sorts of things? If you looked at what you share, what you like, what you send to your friends, what is it that you're sharing? And is it a quick fix that you're looking for? Is it actually something a bit more real? I would be really interested to find out. So I'm going to start a conversation about this in the Facebook group. And I'd be really grateful if you go over there, the link is in the show notes and maybe share your thoughts, your insights. Am I, is my perspective warped because of my position in an industry where obviously I'm creating content as well as um, engaging with it? I'd be really, really interested to hear what you think about this and what you have to say. So please, you can join the Facebook group or if you're already in there, please do let me know in there. Or why not email me, thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I, I answer all of those emails personally. So if you have some thoughts on this, please don't hesitate. Um, email me there because I'd be really interested to hear what you think and whether whether I'm overreacting or whether I'm picking up on something that isn't really real or if I'm just being bitter and twisted. <laughs> I would be so intrigued to know. Um, so it's me in this episode of Bullet Points just asking your opinion. I hope that's okay. So that's everything for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for commenting on posts, subscribing and spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it hugely and I will see you on the next one.